What's going on, everybody? JD De La Fuente. We are here with Bridging the Gap, Episode 3, and Mr. Aaron Aponte. Guys, we're super excited for today. We are going to dive into a little bit about who we are, what we are all about, and where we came from. So we feel like um, we need to let the audience know yeah. as we're just now gaining traction for our listeners. And we've had some people reach out and say, hey, we want to know more about where you come from. And I think it's a great way to kind of, you know, kick off. Oh, yeah. Just getting started. So what we're going to do is just, you know, give a little brief history about where we come from, what we're, you know, where where we were born, what that looked like mm-hmm. as a kid. Because, you know, I mean, I, I truly believe that everything that happens in your life starts from a very young age and it's just you're building on those things good or bad i think that we we're building on those things yeah so just want to you know share a little bit aaron with your past where you're from um how you grew up and you know how you transformed into the man that you are today oh yeah so i mean i grew up man Born and raised in Jersey. I'm a Jersey boy, like last week. My childhood friends was on, on the episode last week. Uh, and yeah, I grew up single mom, three kids, raising three kids on our own. Uh, it was rough, man. I mean, we had it, we had a pretty tight, pretty rough childhood. Um, seeing a lot of things that a kid my age sh- shouldn't see. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that, that kind of opened up my eyes is to see how much my mother struggled to take care of three kids, you know, when, um, and especially living in Jersey, I lived in a small city called Hoboken, um, close to Jersey city, right across from the, you know, Manhattan. And I grew up in the Bronx as well. So I grew up in, my dad lived in the Bronx, my mom lived in New Jersey. So I transitioned a lot back and forth, uh, both, both cities and both States. And so I would sometimes claim I'm from New New York, (laughs) even though I wasn't right. Like I'm from New York, but I would claim it because I was so used to being back and forth on two different sides. And grow, growing up in, you know, in New York as well, in the Bronx, I mean, you go to the Bronx, there's nothing, there's nothing like fancy in the Bronx. That's not the, the fancy place in New York. That's like, right. oh, the Yankees today. Yeah, go to Yankee Stadium and tell, <laughs> go around the stadium and tell me how it looks, you know? So, um, you know, growing up, we, we struggled a lot, man. I mean, we grew up in a, a railroad apartment. I don't know if you ever heard of one, or seen one. No, tell it me about It doesn't even that. look like a studio. There's no doors. There's literally no, it's just room, 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 kitchen, and then there's one big room. There's no closets, there's no doors. So growing up in that environment, we grew up very close. Like me and my brothers, uh, we grew up very close. Uh, there was no privacy. There was no privacy whatsoever. We just we just grew up like that. And, you know, my mom, she worked multiple jobs. I remember I was, uh, before we came in here, was talking about my mom used to clean houses for friends. And, I man, I wish she would have you know, started a cleaning business. She was so good at it. And back in those days, they didn't exist. Not now how they do now. There's a bunch of cleaning businesses now, but I would watch her constantly just work, 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 put food on the table, clothes on our back, keep the roof over our head. And, you know, we struggled a lot, but I think it showed me, you know, like hard work and perseverance can overcome any failure. Right. And I saw that at a very young age, but I also saw how much my mother, you know, cared for us. Like, she would just go all out to make sure that we we were taken care of. And I think, you know, I remember birthdays and, and having, you know, family birthdays and things like that. Uh, we just had a lot of family around. It wasn't really a lot of gifts. It was just the love of family we had. And so I kind of started to grow into that, like family's everything, you know, like, yeah, dude. you know, money, materialistic, yeah, but family's everything, family's, family's everything. life. So, um, <clears throat> I think one of the coolest things I learned as growing up and going to school and getting my education and having my two older brothers push me 
to get education. They dropped out of high school. My older brother, he went back, got his, got his degree. He's actually doing really well now. They pushed me to get out of high school because they wanted to, me to make my mother proud. Now, they didn't graduate. They dropped out. And they wanted me to make her proud, being that one son that made it out of high school. And so I watched as she constantly struggled to give us a, a, a decent life, you know, like yeah. not a great life, a decent life in her eyes. And I remember growing up, and I know mothers watching this or listening to this could understand this. Like a lot of times I remember my mother feeling like a failure. Like she failed. She failed her kids. She failed us. Wow. And in reality, I'm like, you never failed us. You just showed us how hard work, you know, happens and, and what the, the benefits come from hard work. But you never failed us. But in her eyes and a lot of women's eyes, they feel like a failure when they don't live to the standards that they wanted to live, that dreams that they had never got fulfilled. And so I graduated high school early, uh, got out at 17, not for educational reasons. I just got out early. I went to school early. I got out early. Um, mm. And so the cool thing about that was. Uh, I went to the military. As soon as I, I got out, my mother had to sign a permission slip. Mm. Literally, like, this is insane. I don't know if they still do that now. This was 20 years ago. She had to sign me off because I wasn't legal at legal age to go in. So I was in basic training at 17. I was the youngest, you know, at 17. I was homesick. I was I had an attitude. I went into basic with a street attitude. I grew up on the streets, you know. So yeah. I had this, this mentality, this street mentality of a Jersey, New York kind of person, and I had a chip on my shoulder. I said, I'm going to make this work. I don't know how. I'm going to make this work. I want to go back and make my mother proud. And so that's exactly what I did, man. I, I just went into service at 17 and just made her proud. But it, you know, my journey continued, of course, and I went through a lot of obstacles and tribulations all over the way. But I think the growing up aspect um, of seeing how a single mom struggles and then raising three kids on her own, and then just seeing that poverty lifestyle that we had, unfortunately, the hand-me-downs, that was our new, my new clothes. My, whatever my brother didn't wear, I wore. The yeah. style was out, I still wore it. Right? Right. The style was gone. Style was three <laughs> years old, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm rocking my crisscross jumpers. You know? up? Like, yeah. I'm wearing my clothes backwards. Styles. I like, you know, like, all the people watching this right now are like, yeah, he's old. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm over here. but That's you know, back that's, in the 90s. Yeah, that's back in the 90s. But, I mean, that's it was the norm, but it, right. was, it wasn't – for me, I didn't look at it like, oh man, I don't want to wear that. I don't want to do. I enjoyed it. Right. I mean, my brother would give me a shirt or a, a pair of pants, and I'm like, man, my brother's the coolest in the world. Yeah. I want to wear what he's wearing. Thrilled to, to yeah. Get, to, oh to my get, goodness, yes, man. And now thinking about it now, like how when we our kids grow out of the clothes, we donate the clothes or we give them away. I'm like, man, shoot, man, we were just keeping that and cycled in the family. Oh yeah. Because we couldn't afford that. We couldn't afford right. to go clothes shopping. We couldn't afford to go out on the weekends. I think. Right. One crazy, crazy story I'll share with you guys is um, our eating out, our fancy restaurant that we would go to was Sizzler. Probably never heard of Sizzler. Yeah, it was like a buffet. Sizzler? It was a buffet. Oh, okay. And we would, that would be our, like our Easter dinner or just, a, you know, once in a blue moon, we go to eat dinner as a family. And that was what we ate was a buffet. But for us, it was everything. Yeah. Like my mom was like, we're going to Sizzler. We was like, yeah, Sizzler. I don't even know if they still <laughs> exist right now, but that's the kind of lifestyle we grew up with where we wasn't expecting anything. Right. But if we got something, it was like the world was, you know, a happier place. And I don't know, and to this day, I always give props to my mom for doing this. I don't know how she did this, but every Christmas, it was clothes. That was our gifts. We had clothes for Christmas. And um, she would literally give us clothes for Christmas. And there was always one gift that she hid. 
and we'd open up these boxes and we're rah, ripping t underwear, socks, and you know, yeah. t-shirts, tank tops, you name it. We're like, ah, oh, man, where's the, where's the toys at? You know, like, where's the video games at? <laughs> you know, where's that? I wanted that one gift, right? And she would hide it, man. She was so good with hiding that one gift. And then she'd watch the disappointment in our face. We'd come, <laughs> she'd walk into the living room, and me and my brothers just had like this look of like, really, mom? Like, you know, <laughs> she's like, like where's this? yeah, like, where's our gift at? And no lie, man, she's standing there drinking a coffee looking at us and she's like go look behind the tv or go look behind there's something hidden behind and we'd pull out a gift man and it was that one thing we genuinely wanted mm -hmm. and she would just smile and the smile on her face i'll never forget it man i was six seven years old i'll never forget it seeing her her smile that i'm going to work hard to give you what you want but got to understand that there's other things you need right. more than that materialistic you need clothes on your back yeah. you need to have clean underwear <laughs> you know you never know you yeah. might go to hospital you need clean underwear <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of lifestyle we grew up man shout out to my mom i know she's probably gonna listen to this maybe one of these days or man. watch a video but she she did it man and and you know i'm thankful for that because of her hard work my brothers had that same approach to life. My brothers had that hard work mentality and still do to this day because we had that ingrained in us at such a young age. Yeah. And we never looked at anything like we need, 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 because at the end of the day, you don't die with money. You know, like right. you don't need materialistic. You need family. You need that's love. Right. And so and you had that. Yeah, man. We that's that was more to us growing up than materialistic. We didn't have the materialistic. We literally, you know, grew up in such a small environment and not a not a great environment at that and yet the family bond we had was just unreal man dude i love and that, so man. share with me about you man like how did you grow up i know uh, we have two different lifestyles man yeah from jersey new york you grew up out here share yeah. with me how you grew here, up right here in fort worth man it's crazy because a lot of the things that you're sharing is like the way uh, the way some of my life went um I, I think we were very well blessed man we were well you know i grew up right here in, in river oaks i was born in fort worth um, lived here all my life and ha honestly I've never lived in any other locations just maybe temporarily for work here and there when I was at the railway I, I lived down in Houston for a little bit but it's all been right here um, I grew up mom and dad were both at home um, uh, I had one older sister that was lived with us um, I also have another older sister and an older brother I don't even know if you know that mm -mm. Um, yeah from a dad's previous marriage um, they were never like in our household, like, you know, like my sister and I were, but, um, yeah, man, we grew up right here. Um, went to Castleberry high school. It's crazy because you talked about graduating early and I did too. I don't know if you knew that. No, either. no, I didn't. Yeah, I graduated. It was only a semester early, but I, it was kind of like, it was one of those deals where they were either like, all right, listen, bro, you got two choices. You're either about to get kicked out or you need to get on the fast track <laughs> and like, get out of here. Right. So I knew where I wanted to go, and and I knew that they didn't have anything more to offer me there, and I, I knew it was in my best interest to go yeah. on and get out of there before I was getting in too much trouble. You know, yeah. I was I was just a wired up kid. Hell, I'm still wired up. You know, <laughs> still a little rough around the edges. My mom probably watching this too. She's like, yeah, he was he was a shithead, you know, and all that. <laughs> but it was what it was. You know, I, I was a mischievous little guy. I was you know pretty good for the most part. But yeah, man, we grew up. You know, I mean, my. Mom was mostly stay at home until yeah. we were about, uh, I'd say like around middle school age. She used to volunteer everywhere, man. She was always everywhere we were at. She was there. She was, you know, the the mother's 
she was the, always like the teacher what is it the the uh, teacher's room mom she yeah. was always volunteering at all the functions and stuff so she was always plugged in with us she was watching everything we were doing you know i think for me she was probably just trying to make sure i was on my a game she was like <laughs> hey i'm here you know and dad was the entrepreneur self-employed i think you know that's where i get a lot of my drive from all his brothers are kind of the same way they're all real you know driven you know yeah and, and, and they're hustlers you know like they'll always they always say something about like the De La Fuente blood. They're like, man, that De La Fuente bloodline boy is strong. And it's like, dude, do they go? So, you know, growing up, um, I wouldn't say that we were, you know, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. You yeah. know, I knew what it was like to see my parents struggle through the years. You know, they, I mean, we didn't, we didn't always have everything, but it felt like we did, you know, looking yeah. back, we had everything that we needed, you know? Yeah. And it kind of like, you know, it's similar to your story, man. Cause like, those hand-me-downs that's the real deal like so i had an older cousin aaron and it, it would start with him he was like what four four or five years older than i was and then it would go from him to like one of our other cousins ryan which yeah. is a whole nother family and then from ryan it would come back to my family so now we're at three different houses it yeah. came back to me and this is all boys clothes and then from me i would hand it back to ryan's little brother Corey. And then he would roll that dude. So it was like, oh, it was man. like Aaron to Ryan to me to boy. By the time I got to Corey, dude, he was just it was rags, dude. Yeah. Ain't nothing left on those threads. <laughs> the but, circle of life on the hand me downs. For real, dude, it was. But it was the way that it was back then. You yeah. know, we're like we didn't know anything different. You know, it's like it. It was always fun to get the older cousins' clothes. You know, and it was cool, man. They're like. He got those cool shoes, and like you said, dude, by the time the Doc Martens got back to you, boy, yeah. those jokers were out. <laughs> <laughs> they were not even in style no more. You're nah, like, dude. But you enjoyed it, though. You're like, man, this is the best outfit I ever wore. <laughs> yeah, dude, I loved it. You know, we thought, man, I thought I was hot because I was wearing, like, you know, my oldest cool cousin's clothes, you know, at some at some point. It had ended up in my hands. But, yeah, that's how it was, man. And, we all, you know, we always had what we needed. We had food on our table. Yeah. And... You know, we were blessed, man. We were we were we were so blessed with so many different things other than just materialistic things like you say, dude. It was like family was everything, man. We had a tight bond. Everybody was, you know, my entire family, the ones that lived here in Fort Worth, like it was like my grandma's house and everybody went there for yeah. all the occasions. Every Sunday, dude, we were there. And we were partying, hanging out there, eating good food, and just hanging out. And and that's you know where that's what it was all about. Then it's kind of crazy to think you know like after. And I think this happens a lot with families. There's probably somebody out there that can attest to you know maybe something similar. But it's so sad to see you know grandparents pass. Yeah. And then us kind of lose that bond that we have with our family. Agree. And you know we're still trying to like us cousins and stuff trying to bring back some of that you know now that we have kids it's like it really starts to change things because it's like man remember when like i just talked to my cousin Corey and joseph here last couple of weeks ago and they were like man remember whenever we were kids the day after thanksgiving all of our families would get together and we would go camping yeah it was like i was like yeah dude man that was so fun and that's what we did as kids that was kind of like a you know just a tradition that we had so, dude, they had the idea to kind of bring that back. So now Corey's got one of his own. Joseph's got his own kids. I've got my own kids. All of our, you know, all of us who were those kids, 
now have our own kids. So now we're able to like circle it all back around and bring that tradition back to life. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But man, yeah, family was just is what it was, you know. And like I say, we never went without. And so I graduated early there when I was, I guess I was 17 and a half. And I was just about to turn 18. And I ended up hiring out with the railroad. And I think you kind of know some of that story. Yeah. But for those that don't, um, like I said, I was either going to get kicked out of school or needed to get on the fast track. I graduated early and hired on at the railroad. I literally was still in training when Shayla had her prom and graduation. Yeah. So I was literally already working, dude, and I had to have, like, a letter to my, you know, to what was my boss, my, our mentors and our, you know, our teachers and say like, Hey man, I like, I've got to be off this day and this day. And you know, I, I approach them about it and they're like, wait, what? Like, is this for real? Yeah. Like this has got to be a joke. Like you're going to your prom and they're like, you got this grown ass man job working for BNSF yeah. Railway and you're going back to, to prom, like for real. And they thought I was joking. They thought I was trying to sneak some time off or something. But yeah, man, that was true. I had to basically ask off for graduation and my and my prom with Shayla. So they do they. I never lived that down, dude. That oh, was like man. they called me prom king for years out there. I was there fifteen years, but that's what they used to call me, prom king. They was like, yeah, man, he had to lay off, call into work for his, go back to his prom, dude. <laughs> but life was good, man. I had a good, I had a good upbringing, you know, and um, eventually. Mom and dad went their separate ways, you know, relationships were kind of rocky. Yeah. And, you know, you, when you're a kid, you don't really realize, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, now looking back in an, as, you know, as an adult from adult's eyes, you know, and, and then I'm, I think like you feel like your world's falling apart, right? Because the only thing you ever know, the foundation of your family is, you know, right here, dude, us four, yeah, we're yeah. just like, you know, we're, we're locked in. And that's all, you know, that's all I ever knew. So to see it kind of like, you know, start to fall apart you're, you, as a kid, you know, I, I say a kid, I was, you know, I don't know. I think I was in fifth grade when things started kind of not being what they were. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing these things happen. And I, f I feel like emotionally unstable as a kid. Yeah. But I see the bigger picture now, you know, and, and it's crazy to think that then it's such a it's it, it's really killing you inside but looking back now i think that i know it was for the better you yeah. know and i know you kind of come from a background of you know mom and dad not being in the same household yeah. and and there's probably tons of people out there that can relate to this but as an adult i think we have to realize and what i have realized now is that it it's okay that they weren't together mm -hmm. you know and it hurt then, but I think it it was the best case scenario that that happened. Yeah. You know, and, and, and now, you know, mom's living here, dad's living here, trying to figure it all out, you know. But at the end of the day, looking back, I'm like, that was for the best. Yeah. As much as, a, as, much as we hated it then, we didn't really know what was going on, you know. Like I say, you're just a young kid and kind of confused. Yeah. But I think, you know, things happen for a reason, and – I th and I also think it's some, you know, like kind of what I was getting at earlier is like as a kid, those things that happen and the things that go you go through th through your life kind of make you who you are today. Mm -hmm. So it's like 
seeing some of the things that we saw, seeing some of the things you saw, I, th I feel like those things have kind of helped us build, you know, not, not necessarily what we don't want, but in a sense, kind of what we don't want, you yeah. know, like people always say like, man, you live in this dream world, but coming from a place where I come from, like, I know what I want my kids to have oh, and yeah. I know what I want to, I know what I don't want them to see, you know? Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I, I try to look at the glass half full, and, and I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And, oh, yeah. And all we can do is learn and evolve from those situations. Yeah, and I think a lot of times as parents, we, um, we protect our children more than physically. Yeah. We protect them emotionally. We protect them from what we saw growing up. You know, I, I think about my boys, you know, they're 15 and 13 now. And I'm like, man, I ran circles around you growing up. You know, I was in the streets in New York City. I was in the streets in New York and Jersey at nighttime at, at that age, yeah. you know, doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And I think now I'm like, they're like, Dad, can we go around the corner? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no, you ain't going around. You know, you said, yeah. so it's insane because you don't want them to fall into the trap you fell into. Right. And as, as a parent, it's like the hardest thing is like we want to make sure our kids don't do what we did. Right. But at the same time, and my wife, she hates when I say this, man. I'm like, we're the biggest hypocrites. You know, like, we don't want them to do what we did, but yeah. we know damn well we did it. You know, like, no, yeah. I don't want you to do that. But we did it. <laughs> but we protect, in reality, all we're really doing is protecting them from, you know, the emotional damage. We're protecting them from, you know, under, not having to relate to poverty or not having to relate to, you know, the things we saw growing up, whether yeah, you was in the streets yeah. or the drug life or whatever the case it is. You protect them from it as much as you physically can. Yeah. I mean, unfortunate, you know, we live at and how how we living now in the area and environment is not even close or remote. Night and day, man. No, man, it's not even close. It's I mean, I mean, if you guys know anything about you know New York City and New Jersey back in the eighties and nineties, it was a it was a floodgate of you know drugs. It was I mean straight up just it was insane. Yeah. You see documentaries, you see movies about it, and people like did, did that really exist? Yes, yeah. it did. Like the, the whole 42nd Street existed. You couldn't walk on that street because it was nothing but prostitution. So it was one of those things that you see now and you're like, I can't imagine this being the case. I can't imagine getting on a train station and you're scared to get on a train because you might get ro robbed or mugged, you know? So just that mentality now, forget it, man. Nowadays, you go on a train whenever time you want. You know, it's going to happen compared to growing up in the 80s and 90s in that environment. But we protect our kids. So right. I think one of the biggest things that we want to do is make sure that we're giving them a lifestyle that we dreamed of. But not only that, that we're taking we're, we're we're kind of hiding from them the bad that we went through. We don't want them to experience right. that. So, yeah, dude. I think we're gonna we're gonna head out to uh, get on a little break here, and we're gonna hit into our second uh, segment here in a second. But you guys uh, keep st sticking around, keep listening, and we'll be right back on bridging the gap with your host Aaron Ponte and JD Delafonte. Thank you guys so much. EliteProductions.video offers professional production services for commercials, conferences, concerts, or podcasts. Contact EliteProductions.video. Don't let your memories fade. Capture them. From seniors to weddings and from small to large commercial productions, trust Shutter King's photography. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bridging the Gap. I am your host, J.D. De La Fuente, 
and Aaron Aponte. All right, man. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in and sticking around with us through our commercial breaks. Uh, That means the world to us. And you guys feel free to share comments and shoot us some emails, and we'd love to connect with you guys. So uh, right before the break, we were kind of just touching base on where we come from, um, our upbringing, and we're about to dive into the pivotal moments for us in our lives. Um, You know, what changed? When was that? When was that? When did that hammer drop on you? That was like, okay, I needed to change. The stuff that I've been through in my past is has, has physically and mentally changed my life. When was that for you, Aaron? Like, what, oh, what man, was it that happened? You know, um, for me, it was. So I went into the military. Like I said, I didn't share my story on that. I got hurt early. I got hurt really early um, in my career. I was gonna do twenty five. I mean, I was. Getting a retire, I should have been retired right now. Uh, shout out to one of my buddies, childhood friends. He retired this past month, did 20 plus years in the service, Air wow. Force. He finally came back to the States. I'm like, States is different now, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, ain't been back in like 10 years. But um, so that was the plan, man. But God had a different plan. I got hurt um, at 19 years old, tore my ACL. Um, I wanted to force it, man. I was trying to force to stay in, man, but I couldn't. Man. I got hurt. So what ended up happening was um, I had to get medically discharged. And so I missed it, man. I mean, I was a soldier. Like, I was one of those, like, gung-ho, die hard. I don't care. Go to war. Let's go. I don't care, you know. And so I missed it so much that I ended up, you know, getting a contracting job in Kuwait. And I was working with the soldiers in the military, working, you know, bringing in, uh, you know, ammunition and stuff not uh so, so, so supervising supply and it was crazy man i mean it was just it, i mean it was in wartime right so right, it was yeah. just constant you had to be on your toes and what year was that that was back oh, in- man i think that was around oh four oh five okay uh, that i went there um and then i got a, an opportunity to go to iraq i got a, a job offer and go to iraq and so if anybody on here watching live or listening to this um knows man it was it was a crazy time man like stuff that you you had seen in the media was nothing compared to what was actually happening over there at the time. So when I got sent to Iraq, man, and I got the job in Iraq, um, I was chasing money, man. I was chasing money. And I think this this is something that somebody needs to hear this message. I was chasing money. And I was partying in Dubai. I was partying in Bahrain, Egypt, Thailand. I was traveling all over. Um, I was reckless. I was young and reckless. I was chasing money. I had no vision, no dreams, no goals, no aspirations, nothing. It was like, I need to make this money and have as much fun as I can, right? And over the course of time, I started getting, you know, feeling more miserable, started to head like a miserable point. Like, is there no life outside of this? I didn't have no, you know, like no family over there. I had no, I was just chasing money. And I went from being such a family oriented person to separating myself from my family. Mm. And as time progressed, man, I started to to lose who I was. And that can happen. Like, you can literally lose who you are when you, sure. you're chasing the wrong things. And I was chasing the money. And so when I was in Iraq, crazy story, that was a turning point in my life. Um, every day, man, I would wake up at 3.30 in the morning because the enemy was sleeping to go work out. 3.30 in the morning. Every day, like clockwork, working at 3.30 in the morning. And we got shot at and bombed at so much to the point where you got immune to getting shot and bombed, like it was like you just heard this it. You seen you seen dead bodies. You see, you smelt burnt bodies, like that kind mm. of environment. And I'll never forget it. You know, I was uh, one day I was on on a call with a family member back home, 
And I was over there about eight months in. Eight months in, man, I'm over there. Mind you, I'm immune to it, like bombs, fires, you name it. I just, I just yeah, didn't care. Then I slept through it. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Alarms going off, I don't even care. You know, sirens going off, don't even care. It got to that point I did not care about my life anymore. I was chasing the money. Right. And I'm in the phone booth and I'm talking um, to a family member and all of a sudden I hear <laughs> loud, loud missile going over my head. I'm sitting in this booth and I mean it's it's just basically a container and there's phones in there. That there's no shelter. It's not if it hits me oh, wow. or hits my surrounding area, I'm done. And my heart dropped and the person I was on the phone with heard it too. That's how loud it was. Don't you oh, understand wow. how loud like you hear those airplanes go? That's how loud a, a you know a bomb is. And my heart dropped. I'm on the phone and I paused thinking this is it. This is it. And I'm asking myself, like, God, this is it. And, like, all the thoughts started going in my head, like, you can replay your life in a matter of seconds, realizing all the mistakes you made. And when it, when it landed, you heard a thud. And I'm paused, hold, like, tight. My body's tight. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is, I'm done. I'm going to die right here. And I hung up the phone. I was so scared. I hung up the phone. My body's shaking. I didn't know what to do. And then sure enough, I go outside, you know, a few minutes later, man, and it was a dud. It was a 96-pound round dud. Wow. That landed 10 feet away from where I was at. Damn. That they didn't get a chance to shoot it out the sky. Usually they would shoot, the, you know, when they were trying to get their missiles into the base, they would shoot them out the sky. They missed it. But God didn't miss that one. Wow. And I'm, I was literally, man, I got chills thinking about it. I was literally, you know, like not knowing where my life was headed because I was too busy chasing money, partying, didn't give a damn about anything. Don't, yeah. Didn't care about family, didn't care about friends. I was just about making money, partying, living my life to the fullest. And that moment is when it was like God was like, nope, what? I'm stopping you because you don't know what you're ahead. Like that journey you're on might be a dark place that you can never come back from. And so I came back. I literally put in my notice. Um, my, my contract had ended. I came back to the States, no job, no education, no background, no experience. And I came back um, to the States just not, not knowing what to do. And I had PTSD, man. And at the time, back in 20, 2000, I believe, eight or seven when I came back, PTSD wasn't known. They didn't, it wasn't, they didn't have too much of a scientific study behind it. Oh, and wow. there was not enough education behind it. So I came back messed up. I came back mentally messed up because when you get shot at or bombed at every single day, like that doesn't, that's not normal, man. Right, right. I remember there was times I would hear a loud noise, I would drop to the ground because I'm thinking a bomb's coming, drop to the ground. You know, you were immune to that. Like you had, you did some of that stuff. And so I came back so messed up that um, I went to a job interview, man, to do uh, IT work. And I cried in the interview, man. I cried in the interview because wow. I was so messed up on the words that they were asking me. I felt like an idiot. And I sat back and thought, you know what? Like, I can't believe I did this to myself. And I cried and I cried. Like, my life is a mess. Wow. And sure enough, man, um, moved back to, the, to, to Texas, uh, walked into a gym, and I was like, I want to be a trainer. This was 14 years ago. I was like, I want to be a trainer. I don't know where my life is headed, but I want to be a trainer. You had been working out consistently all the time. I had time worked out there. consistently, but I never had an experience behind it. I got my certification. I walked into the gym, and I was very fortunate, man. Shout out to, to Curtis. He, he's the one that hired me. 
I was very fortunate. I walked into this man's office. From the, they re reached back out to me. I applied. They reached back out to me. And he goes, what's your experience? I said, none. He says, well, talk to me. Where have you been at the last seven years? I was Five, six years, I was like Iraq and Kuwait, and it blew his mind. He never met somebody, you know, a soldier or contract that came back from a war zone. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, that's nuts, man. I got a lot of heart for the military. Shout out to all the military soldiers, veterans, and all Amen. that. We, we appreciate yes. you guys. We love you guys for all you do. And so he, he looked at me, man. He's like, well, why should I hire you? Dude, I got no experience. <laughs> I got no background. Like, in that's this. a dang good yeah. question. You know, I, I knew the answer. I literally looked at him and I said, I'm, I will be the best trainer in your gym and better than everybody on that field right now. That's what I told him, man. He's, he looks at me. He blows back on his chair. at one of those lounge chairs. And he's like, what did you just say? He goes, do you realize I got some amazing trainers out there <laughs> training right now? I go, I'm going to be better than all of them. Go, I'm going to be better than all of them. Come I can on. guarantee you hire me. I'll be better than all of them. I was confident. I didn't have the experience, right, but Lord knows I had a confidence booster in me. Sure enough, man, he goes, you know what? I like that answer. I'm going to hire you. When can you start? I was like, tomorrow. And that was it, man. I took off. I started. I, that, that was that, that turning point, man. I ran right. with it, and I did every. I was the worker, man. I was at the gym at 6 in the morning. Even if I have clients, I would work out. I would walk around. I'd talk to all the members. I didn't care, man. It was like I wanted to make this work. Yes. And for me, that was that turning point on where my career was headed. And so I definitely got a little bit more on that backstory, but I'm going to swing it to you, man. So talk to me about when your turning point took place. What was that pivotal moment in your life where you're like, I don't want to do this no more. I got to change where I'm going. Man, dude, that's, that's, a, that's a very loaded question, dude. It really is. But I can I could think of – there wasn't – I don't think there was one little bitty specific thing that changed – everything i think it was just a a constant negative thing that was going on in my life mm -hmm. that kind of led up to it um so i think the the changing point would have been probably kids you know and yeah. it, not probably that was for sure what it was you know um i i worked for the railway for 15 years mm. and that's all i knew man it's like i graduated like i told you earlier, i graduated early and I had some other plans. This fell in my lap. Yeah. My brother-in-law got me hooked up with a job. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm banging out, you know, $120,000 a year, young kid, doing exactly what you were doing over there, man. I was chasing the money. I was living a crazy party lifestyle. I mean, partying was – that's all I was living for, dude. We were just we – were, I was working. I was partying. I was gambling, dude. We were going to – vacations all over the country every other weekend yeah. i mean that's all i was doing and i mean I, i'm not gonna lie i had a pretty good time doing <laughs> it you know shale and i traveled man people were like man y'all are always going somewhere but you know we didn't have any kids we didn't have yeah. uh we had goals but we were really just young and dumb yeah um shale's in nursing school um we were like i say then she graduated nursing school and got her her nursing gig um that helped me become a little more responsible she's got a regular job and you know we're trying to like you know start chilling out a little bit i would say i was probably around 25 mm. and a turning point in in shale and i's relationship that was there's probably a couple key points in my life but we were living that lifestyle full yeah. speed dude and and it was like nothing was stopping me i mean Anybody watching this video, this podcast or listening, yeah. I mean, dude, they know 
the JD from back in the day. They know the guy that was the life of the party, just full speed, dude, dangerously. Yeah. Like, I, and I'm and I'm talking dangerous in a bad way. Um, thank God that I'm, you know, I made it through some of those. I mean, I can literally tell you nine different times, and I I swore on my life that I was going to stop at that ninth time that I should have been dead. Yeah. Multiple car wrecks. I mean, tons of just bad situations I put myself in, and so you know, at some point, Shayla had pretty much had enough of that you know yeah. it's like dude it's time to grow up right we got it we got life to live and so she's kind of shifting gears into adulthood and in her career and i'm just still over here just Party being a clown just, dude yeah. just acting a fool and and you know just doing whatever you know like there was there wasn't nothing that was stopping us you yeah. know or, or me at that point and there was really no slowing down but it took for us to you know kind of have a rock rocky situation there between our relationship to really realize like this ain't what i want man this yeah. ain't the lifestyle i want this isn't what i want for my future and so you know that that was probably a big changing point in my life for where what i was doing to where i was headed you know then it really stopped me in my tracks it slowed me down to and it brought me back down to a reality of like dude i gotta change yeah like, something's gotta give here and I, and I knew deep inside that what I was doing, it wasn't right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was fun. We were young and, and it was okay. It was maybe a little more acceptable, but I'm 25 years old, man. It's like time, you know, shit to yeah, get yeah, off yeah. the pot. It's time to get your shit together. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so that was a pretty big changing, you know, life changing moment for me. And then we start, you know, Shale and I got it together and I realized that I was, you know, at, at some point, you know, probably I would say a couple years down the line, I realized that I'm like miserable at yeah. my job and it's yeah. just getting progressively worse and every day is getting worse. And we had a five year plan that was like, man, we were investing into real estate some and, and I knew that was going to be like my ticket out. Yeah, yeah. And I knew, you know, that there was there was going to be more to life than what I was doing. Um, which was, you know, just working on the railway, making a bunch of money, but living a miserable lifestyle would, that was progressively becoming a, a toxic environment for yeah. myself when I was actually working and the people I was working with and the places that I was going and being surrounded by was just, it just wasn't where I wanted my future to be. Yeah. And I think the real turning point for my entire life was kids um man i was out on the road i was away from home days on end on call i'm living this life that's you know a real shit storm yeah to say the least and it was just there's no real true lifestyle to be had with the family and that type of lifestyle you mean you're out of town like you don't spend time with your kids right yeah yeah and and then so we have kids and that's when it really, like, that five-year plan, man, just started shrinking yeah. so fast that I was like, I got to get out of here. I got I to gotta get away from this place. It's going to kill me. I'm going to miss out on my kids. I'm going to miss out on my life. Like, things are happening so fast. And after you have kids, you know, as well oh, yeah. as I do, they grow so fast, dude. And, and I'll never forget being out there on the rail, getting the call, hey, your wife's in, she's going in labor, you know, and I'm like, Luckily, I was I was close and yeah. I was able to get there. 
But what had what if had been out of town or you know yeah. been somewhere and missed that whole thing? You know, like that would have you know. So right in that time frame where I'm realizing that I'm starting a family, yeah, and I want to be present, and I'm miserable doing what am I what I'm doing, and I need to get on the fast track to get out of here as quick as I can. I so, that. like I say, the five year plan turned into four. And and these are plans that I'm literally writing out every day while I'm there, dude. Like I would we have what we call work orders. Yeah. And every day in my work order, I'm flipping it over. I'm just writing right. out dreams and writing out goals nice. and writing out like you know, I'm I'm adding up literally budgeting my my all my money, dude. Where's my money going? How much money do I need yeah. to live, to survive? Um, these these rental properties are are producing this much income. If we can double that to this and then we could do one more of those then I could make this much money and I'm adding all these things up trying to figure out a way. Yeah. How, how do I get out of here? Yeah. And so I'm piecing this thing together. And like I say, man, it was just, I was almost living like two lifestyles and, yeah. and you can't kind of came in, you came into my life around that time where I was, you know how miserable yeah, I, yeah, was. I was. I, I think yeah. we talked tons of times about what I was doing for a living and I knew there was more out there for me, you yeah. know, you know, and, and so you played a big, big, big part of that in, in shifting my mindset because sometimes it only takes one person to believe in you and to, and to give you advice and mentor you into yeah. like, Hey dude, you could do it. Like yeah. whatever you want to do in your life, you could set your mind to it and do it. And you know, I, with you guys started doing vision boards and, you know, creating plans, you know, you can talk shit all you want, you know, but if you're not actually doing it and putting it on paper oh my goodness, and, and, and yes. actually like writing things down, it's all this, yeah. you know, lip service. So exactly. It's lip service. And you're just, you're talking shit, you know? So it, it took me writing things down, planning out my life, literally mm. planning out my life. Um, it took Shayla writing my resignation letter. I'll never, ever, ever forget that. She said, Hey, listen, I know how miserable you are. You don't have to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, we need this financially. We need this. Yeah. Is is what's going on in my head. My kids need insurance. My kids need a good home to live in. They mm -hmm. need, you know, how am I going to provide for them? Yeah. She had a good job. She was working at Cook Children's as an RN. She's making good money. She's like, I got you. Like, we got this. Like, yeah. there's other ways. Like, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. And that five-year plan turned into four to three. Now, you know, my kiddos are two and two and three. Yeah, two and three. And and I'm like, I'm missing them, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm missing the shit out of them. Every day I'm gone. I come home. I'm working 16-hour days. I come home. I'm sleeping for four hours. Get up just to spend a little time with them. Carpooling back to work with, with other coworkers. I'm gone and I'm just miserable, man. Yeah. I'm absolutely at my rock, what I would consider my rock bottom, living two lives. I'm living my home life, my motivated life, yeah. my me, dude, like, I'm pumped up. I'm just like, this is, and then I'm going to work and I'm living this, this toxic, miserable just life. miserable life. Mm. And, mm. and it, it was eating me alive, dude, like literally playing games in my head. I'm getting depressed. I'm I'm out of shape. Yeah. I'm just living like a slob. I mean, that was the turning point for me was knowing that there was something else out there more for me and that I didn't have to live that lifestyle. And more than that, that Shayla had my back. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that was the key ticket, man. She you had my it. back. She was like, "We're gonna be fine." fine. She wrote this letter out, dude, and she said, "Listen, this is your resignation letter. You let me know when you're ready." Yeah. She's like, "I got your back," and and I'll never forget the words that she said. It literally gives me the chills. She she looked me in my eyes and she said, "I would hope that you would support me." If I was as miserable as you are right now, mm. I would hope that you would have my mm. back. And I was like, dude, I, I broke down right yeah. there, dude. Busting to tears. Grown like, man cry. Grown ass that. man crying, dude. Ain't I'm like, wrong with that? golly, this woman right here is laying it on the line for me. Yeah. And from that moment on, I, I felt relief, man. Yeah. And I had been praying and praying and I had literally just lifted it all up. I was done, you know. The over the a couple of months, I, I literally started feeling like relief, mm-hmm. and and I know God was like working through me, man, because there was things that were going on like that are undescribable, and we can go into that a whole a whole oh, other man. time. I love it, but it was happening in my life, and I realized that He was providing for me, and He was already putting things in place, place. for me, and I'm looking back going, wow, these things have already That's happened. Amazing. And, and God was working through my life, dude. Yeah, he was, was already happening. working your plan before you yes. even thought what the next step exactly. was. Exactly. I oh, wasn't even there yet. But the right dude, there. God was he, was, he was working for me behind the scenes doing that underground mm. work. So when it came to time to flip the switch, it, I was ready. Yeah. But it, it hurt. I went through a lot of pain to get there. But looking back, man, I, I, you know, I, I hardly, I try not to look back in a negative way ever, yeah, man, because yeah, yeah. I lived such a blessed life for all those years, you know, it provided for our family so well, and I couldn't be, I wouldn't be right here with you today had I not been through some of those things, you know, stepping stones yeah. to where we are today. So, man, the turning point for me was right there, dude, when I, when I gave up the most secure job, the American dream, working for the railway, Hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm. You know, the, people then Die were dying for, for that job, yeah. right? And I'm giving it up to go to zero, dude. Absolute Ooh. zero. I mean, <laughs> you know, and and the the beautiful thing about that, like anybody that's watching or listening, and just I gotta understand. Imagine giving up a six figure job to start from scratch because you know you don't feel happy in your heart. And so many people right now that's listening or watching this live or watching this video is like, dang, that's where I'm at right now. Like, I am miserable in my yes. job and our family's secure, but I am so afraid to take that leap mm. and do something I know I am capable of, of doing and, and I'm getting so much more. Because the one thing, like we always say, you can't take that money with you to the grave, right. but if you don't create memories with the life that you have and you don't create memories with the time that you're given on this earth, what did you accomplish? You had a great job, so what? If you ain't, you, you, you can't buy time with that great job. That's, That's right. the one thing like, a lot of people do is they try to tra- trade, you know, uh, money for time. And in reality, you can't, man, because that's the one thing you can never buy is time. Right. And once it's gone, it's gone. And the memories you create with your family and your loved ones will live on forever. That's right. Your kids will take those memories and they'll say, man, I remember my dad and my mom, we did this and we did that. And they're going to carry that tradition with their family. Man, I hope so. That They will. They will be. But if you constantly work and they you still provided and gave them a good life as you were doing, but they never saw dad, 
what memory are they going to remember? They remember that dad was never home. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to do the same thing, thinking they got to work hard like you did so that they can provide for their family the way you did. And right. guess what? They're going to be missing out on their kids. Yeah. And they're creating that generational Dude. habit. Yes. So you broke that habit without even realizing you're about to break a habit for them to have a better life. So yes. they don't do the same thing that you once did. And there's so many people watching this live right now oh, like, man. Yeah, that's me. That's yeah. me right now. I'm listening to this podcast. That's me right yes, now. That's and there's so many people, man. I, oh man, I talk to them every day. So there's not a day that goes by that somebody reaches out about where they're at in their life, and and I and I love it, dude. I, I love absolutely that. love when they do that. Yeah. And I want to help them, man. It's like, how can I help you? Like it's you know, it's just in my, it's in my heart mm -hmm. that, that so many people that helped me get away from from that life to create a whole new life that I didn't even know was out there. Like, I want to be that for those people. You know yeah. what I mean? It's And, and mm. you're doing the same thing in your business. And by, you know, like just like our relationship, how we met. Yeah. It's like, dude, you picked me up, grabbed me by the arm. Like, and let's go. Let's go. And now I look back and go, dude, you did that for me. Mm. How many people have I been able to Dude. do that to now? It's just, it's domino effect, man. It, it's, it really is. It connects the dots. And then people come into my life and I'm able to do for them what you did for me. And it's just like, man, duplicate that and help as many people as we can. Mm. Bro, love you it, know? man. We're going to definitely be back on this bad boy. We got one final, you know, coming back last for the final thoughts, final words. And you guys going to hear where we're currently at right now, what we're going to be providing for you for the future on this Bridging the Gap yes, podcast. Sir. My name is Aaron Aponte, and this is JD De La Fuente. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, sticking with us. We'll be right back. Yes. EliteProductions.video offers professional production services for commercials, conferences, concerts, or podcasts. Contact EliteProductions.video. Don't let your memories fade. Capture them. From seniors to weddings and from small to large commercial productions, trust Shutter King's photography. What's going on, everybody? We are back here with Bridging the Gap, Segment 3. My name is J.D. De La Fuente, and this is Mr. Aaron Aponte. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging with us through the break. Um, we're super excited to be back, and mm -hmm. we are going to be closing it out um, pretty short and sweet. And, man, it's just today we were talking a little bit about where we come from, our childhood, what struggles we saw as kids, mm -hmm. um, you know, and then a pivotal moment in our life that changed everything yeah. to where we are today. Yeah. So, man, Aaron, it was so crazy. You know, as long as I've known you, I've never heard the story that you just shared with us in segment two talking about that pivotal moment yeah. for you, man. Um, I just, you know, tell, I mean, people that are just jumping on, tell them, you know, just real quick, a, a little piece of what that was yeah man i mean being in iraq you know veteran uh went over there as a contractor and that and then it was just got bombed it was a dud and, and i knew right then and then god was like hey man we're done <laughs> if i can't give you any more signs this is the biggest sign i can give you and that was it you guys it was just like chasing money for five years man chasing money chasing demons and i came back zero 
zero no 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 job no education no experience no nothing man came back with just mm. nothing on my plate but you know what i had ambition i came back i was hungry you know, like I, I wanted change in my life. I knew I needed to do something that was going to be a pivotal point in my career. And I became a trainer 14 years ago, man. No lie. Walked into the gym, get, got a job, and was very fortunate the guy hired me on the spot with no experience. He took a gamble <laughs> on me. So, man, this guy is amped up and fired up, man. Let's go ahead and hire yeah. him. And that, that changed everything for me. And, you know, fast forward now, all it takes, you guys, is this one decision. I think that's what a lot of people need to understand. Like, you're going to have that point in your life, whether it doesn't matter if you're making, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. like if you're not happy with who you are or you're not happy with your current situation, you have to be willing to make that change. And yes. something's gonna happen in your life at that point yeah. when you're gonna decide, you know what, I'm done. Enough is enough. Yeah. I mean, I had my my moments in my life where I cried cried to sleep i've cried in the closet you know you hear a lot of times when they say women do it to cry in the shower cry in the closet so nobody sees them shoot ain't nobody had to see me i was in the closet crying because that that was like a safe you know place but at the same time it's always good to have that point in your life where you you hit that rock bottom and you're like man i'm making all this money but i'm just not happy miserable and when you're miserable you're miserable money ain't gonna make you happier people who think this whole this mentality of you know money buys happiness it don't buy happiness Happiness is created from inside. You right. create that happiness. 100%. Money just allows you to do things. But at the right. end of the day, you still have to create that happiness within yourself. Yes. I know people who are broke, but they're happier than people who are rich. So it's like, does it make you happy? Not really. If you're not happy inside, it doesn't matter. So for me, that was my pivotal point being in Iraq and having that that bomb go off that, that didn't go off, that bomb that was shot at us that didn't go off that was like I needed this change, man. I needed this 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 uh, opportunity to come back to the states and you know stop chasing money and start chasing my dreams. And I always wanted to be a, a business entrepreneur. And now fast forward, I have my own business. You know, wow. it's pretty amazing. It doesn't happen overnight. You guys stop thinking things happen overnight because it oh, doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> this is a 14 year chapter journey, and we're definitely going to be touching on on these podcasts and on these videos of how long it takes to get to where you want to go. Because a lot of times people see your lifestyle and we were live. People see your lifestyle and they think. Man, I want to be like JD, but they don't see the story behind it. Right, right. And you know, and I love, I'm going to swing your way. And I love when you said you were making all this money, your wife was a nurse, you guys were just living the dream, the American dream, which I didn't know anything about. I know you told me, I, heck, I didn't know anything about railroad and, you know, workers. I just knew that y'all worked a lot of hours. I only, only <laughs> thing I knew is y'all just worked a lot of hours. And hell, I didn't know the pay structure. I'm like, dang, you left a six figure job, yeah, man. And your wife working at, at, at a, you know, I knew I always knew Shay was a nurse but the fact that you walked away at your supposedly highest yeah to do what you're doing now and you took that gamble and that leap of faith man share that i know some people want to listen to that and want to watch um share that about about you doing that yeah dude it was deep man and and i know you you know those of you that are jumping on live and, and watching this down the line listening uh segment two goes man we were diving in on really what it was and how it tra- how we transpired from what what it was to where we are now. Mm-hmm. So we were able to jump into that. But yeah, I think you know the the pivotal moments that I had in my life. You know, like I said earlier, were were having kids. That was you know that was probably the biggest pivotal moment where where I I know that I want to be present. You know, mm-hmm. something that Shayla always talked about whenever we were pre kids was I don't care what happens after we have kids, 
I don't care if we live in a shoebox. Mm. All I want to do is be present. Mm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that literally gives me the chills, man. And there's reasons behind that. And, you know, I didn't jump into this earlier, but the whole reason that she wanted to be present is because she wanted to give her kids something that she felt like she lacked. Mm -hmm. You know, like our parents were around, her parents were there, but she felt like, you know, maybe it wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you don't get that time back. Yeah. So for, so for her, and she opened my eyes to that, dude, she's like, listen, like, I don't care how much money we have in the bank. I don't care how much money you make. That means nothing to me. Mm. Our kids are born and I want to spend quality time with them. I don't care if we're going places. I don't care if we have big, fancy things. I don't care what happens in our life. I'm going to be present, and I want to be there mm. and share that time with them because she that's something she missed, you know? Yeah. So for her, I think it was a big part of why she had my back mm. so heavy leaving that six-figure job because she knew that it, if I didn't, it was – it was going to cost me time yeah, and time away from what her biggest dream and goal was, you know, Being post present. kids. Yeah. And, and it's true, man. I'm so thankful that, you know, she has my back and that she supported me through that transition. Cause I couldn't have done it without her. Mm. Like I told you earlier, man, she, she literally Powerful. wrote that resignation letter and said, send it in, man. Mm. That's it. And, like you said, it's a, it's a scary ass thought going Dude, from yeah. something the American dream, man, to I ain't got no kind of job. Yeah, I don't have no kind of income. Going to a commission based income, you know, we do investments. We were doing them for a long time, so you know, had that going. It wasn't like we just jumped ship. You know, there was some action planning before it, but you know. That's 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 what it was, dude. It's it's amazing. I, I'm not gonna get into it this episode, but my wife did the same thing, man. She wrote a resignation letter for me for my job. Just wow. ironically, you're saying no that, way, and I'm, yeah, man. man. Like if she's honest and listen, she's like, yeah, man, I wrote it. I couldn't write it, man. <laughs> like yeah. when I was working my nine to five, man, I couldn't write a letter. You know, like I was so afraid to quit yeah. because what if this business, you know, opportunity doesn't make it? What if it doesn't pan out? You have right. these negative thoughts in your head, yeah. and. My wife did the same thing, man. She wrote a letter and said, listen, you're miserable, man. Like, you're, you're finally at a good place in your life financial-wise, yeah. but you coming home bringing that negativity with you. We, we don't want that. Yeah. We, we, you know, my daughter was, I don't know, I think my daughter was like two or one years old at the time. Wow. She's like, you're bringing negativity home, man. Like, yep. you're taking a job and bringing it home. We don't want that no more. I'm yep. tired of seeing you unhappy. Regardless of the amount of money we're making, we're making a lot of money, but you're unhappy. Right. She wrote it up. She's like, here, wow. take this with you to work tomorrow. She didn't even give me the option. She didn't tell me, like, you know, Shayla was like, like, yeah, I'll support you. No, she's like, here, take this with you tomorrow. We're good. We're, we're good. We'll make it. We'll figure it out. And I'm like, man, I'll tell you what, man, shout out to all the wives and the women out there because, man, they know more than we do. We yeah, are man. afraid. Like, yeah. people think men, like, oh, we're not afraid. We're, 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 we're afraid. <laughs> like, like, nah, we're, we're afraid. Like, and no lie, oh, man, I was see. so afraid of losing everything. You're afraid of losing everything you build. But that supportive wife, man, she was right there. She said, here, take this level with you tomorrow. And I took it to work next day, and I was done. Stopped working from Corporate America nine years ago from that one letter, bro, around this time of the year. Around summertime, I took that work letter, took it. I didn't even know what it said. 
I didn't even know what it said. I just was so like scared to take it with me. And I gave it to my boss and she looked at me crazy. I looked at her crazy, but I had a smile on my face. Like, I had a shit eating grin on my face. <laughs> I'm, like, <"Here> you go. <laughs> like, I'm out. And rest is history. So man, well, man, this was such an awesome backstory episode. Uh, you guys, I hope you enjoyed it. You got to hear our backstory to know who we are as people and hosts of this show. Yes. But on top of that, just to kind of go into dive into these future episodes, because you want to know where we come from you can't just think oh man these guys had it made they yes. they're just doing a podcast because they have a, a a great lifestyle and successful businesses yeah. no we had struggles and there's so much more we are going to share in the future so yes. jd you want to drop all to follow and all your links on where people yeah can in yeah and check you out? well one of my biggest spots to follow me right here on facebook um if you're on aaron's page and you guys are watching this um this him. is show me some love uh, Drop me a follow, friend request. Um, this is Bridging the Gap with Aaron and JD. Um, we've got, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm JD De La Fuente underscore TX Realtor. Um, I just got on TikTok. Aaron's got me on TikTok. Let's so go, we're, baby, TikTok. We're doing it. He just went live on the second episode <laughs> of TikTok. So you can find Aaron on TikTok and watch that second um, segment, which was absolute was fire. fire man. Um, I am, I think I'm the Della's TX, Shale and I share account. Oh, you know, nice. We're doing one of those share ah, accounts. Ah, <laughs> dude. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Share the bathroom same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, n- neither of us wanted to do TikTok. So I was like, you know what? You don't want to do it. I don't want to do it either. We're going to do it together. Boom. <laughs> the Dallas TX. So follow us on TikTok. It. We got some stupid stuff on there, mostly stuff with our kids. Uh, Facebook, it. Instagram. Uh, my email is propertyshopjd at gmail.com. Mm. If you guys have any questions or you want to collaborate on anything, yes. um, we're not here to provide advice. Something Aaron and I were talking about earlier is like, man, we want to help people. It doesn't even matter if it's in our business, if it's related to our business, no matter what it is, we want we want to connect with people yeah. and help people, man. That's the goal. I think it's a big goal. So um, share share your handles with us. Where, where can where can we find yeah, you? Yeah, so on Facebook, Aaron Aponte. Uh, you could definitely follow me on Facebook. Um, on TikTok, Coach Aaron Aponte. On TikTok, on Instagram, Aaron underscore J underscore Aponte. On Instagram, if you want to follow on that. And email Aaron Aponte at yahoo.com. Bench, I need to change my email, my business email. You know, like I gotta get some, I gotta get a little professional here. But at least it's not something crazy. You well, know? you don't have that AOL. Yeah, not right. Or like that fifteen sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, something just nuts. King Daddy Aaron Aponte sixty nine. <laughs> right. So yeah, you can follow me on that. But you guys, uh, once again, thank you so much for tuning in, listening, supporting. Uh, keep you know sharing this podcast, making sure your friends and family listen to it, tune in, and definitely subscribe. Hit that subscribe button when we start. Yeah. You know, Throwing it out there. So yep. this is only the third episode for you guys jumping on live. Um, we we are in, still in the process of getting this thing up and running and streaming out in all the platforms. We're looking forward to that. Oh, We're working hard on this. Um, we've been working hard on it. Um, I never knew that there was this much behind the scene mm-hmm. things that went on to create a successful podcast. We're learning together. We're thrilled. We've got a team back here. You can't see. I'm going to show them to you live here. But super, super shout out to them, and they're making this happen and making our dreams become our reality. Yeah. So this is Bridging the Gap with J.D. De La Fuente and Aaron Aponte. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Much love and look forward to episode four. It's coming to you live next week. Thank you guys so much, and we appreciate all that you do. 
Much love. Yeah, see you guys on the next one. Hey.